Hello, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for BKA Wealth Consulting, and welcome to Market Minutes for September 13th of 2021. Well, as we get started uh, on this week's summary, uh, we reflect on a week gone by where we saw a little bit of uh, pullback in the equity markets. The S&P 500 was down for five days in a row. Uh, last week, we saw the Dow uh, the S&P was down 1.7%, the Dow was down 2.2%, the NASDAQ was down about 1.6%, uh, and uh, the market ended the, the week uh, roughly about 1% above its 50-day moving average. And, you know, there are some cares and worries in the market. Uh, we still have pretty low volatility. Uh, we have seen a little bit of erosion in certain elements of the economic picture, like retail sales. Uh, that kind of reflect a little bit of a pulling back of activity related to the Delta variant and its impact on, uh, you know, lower foot traffic and malls and things like that. Uh, and uh, I think there are some general, um, uh, you know, fears and anxiety out there. It's not real prevalent. Uh, obviously, the spike that we've seen uh, is bad in certain in certain areas of the country, not necessarily in every part of the country at any one time. And so, you know, the impacts on, on the data have been a little bit mild. Overall, uh, service and manufacturing indices remain relatively strong uh, and uh, demand remains relatively high. Uh, obviously, we want to continue to monitor, you know, what happens in the coming months. And we know that uh, gross domestic product or economic growth uh, is is likely to slow from its torrid pace from earlier this year. And then next year, we know the law of, of large numbers is going to catch up with us because we had such a tremendous rise coming out of the trough post-pandemic uh, that, you know, at some point we're going to kind of, you know, level out into, uh, into a more normalized level. And so, you know, what we've seen here lately is a little bit of curtailment, uh, if you will, in uh, the economic growth estimates. And um, yeah, I think, you know, we were looking for something around 6%. And, you know, right now that number is looking like 5.6, 5.7. Again, not a tremendous decrease in the estimates for third quarter um, annualized economic growth. But uh, nevertheless, they have come down a little bit. Um, but uh, investors, uh, you know, do have some concerns. We've got high valuations. Uh, S&P 500 uh, market capitalization relative to the size of the economy is at uh, 175%. That's pretty high. Uh, and, you know, we've got uh, the technology uh, stocks, certain stocks uh, noted by the, the QQQ um, ETF. Uh, those are trading at a 70% premium to their 200-week moving average, which is the biggest gap that we've seen since the tech bubble of 1999. Um, and, you know, we do have some fears related to some of the choke points that we still see in the supply chain. Uh, we've got lead, long lead times for deliveries. We've got huge price increases in container ship uh, rates and freight rates. And, and those continue to weigh on producers uh, who, uh, at this point in time, are able to pass those costs along to consumers. And so, you know, we are seeing higher consumer prices. We've, we've seen more pricing power, but overall margins are still continuing to rise on the part of, uh, of companies and producers uh, because they are able to pass those costs along. Um, 
The other things that the, the, the market is watching clearly is the, the whole rhetoric coming out of the Federal Reserve. Uh, we have a meeting coming up uh, a little bit later uh, this month. Uh, and, you know, we're really uh, interested to see what happens on September 22nd uh, from the Fed. We, we expect them to come out and say, give us a timeline for when they are going to begin to uh, taper their purchases of, uh, uh, of assets uh, as a mechanism to inject liquidity into the economy. We do feel like they're going to give some concrete definition around that. Uh, but I do think that the actual raising of interest rates is a long way away. And so, you know, we continue to see low interest rates, which is fueling a lot of uh, liquidity into the economy. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we do still have the, the virus out there a little bit. Uh, you know, consumer sentiment is pulled back a little bit. Volatility is really low. There is some complacency that's kind of interjected with a little bit of anxiety on the part of consumers. So, from, from a sentiment standpoint, it seems like we've seen a bit of a disconnect between maybe the market and the economy. Uh, usually those things reconcile over periods of time, but, um, you know, but we'll just have to continue to watch that. It's kind of working our way kind of through very, various indices. So we know the S&P, we know all the index uh, numbers were down a little bit for the week, but like say month to date, the Dow is still down, actually the Dow. Uh, S&P, uh, NASDAQ, and Russell 2000 are all down anywhere between like 1% and 2% for the month. Uh, uh, for year-to-date, S&P is still up about 18.7%, uh, and Dow Jones is up about 13.1%, NASDAQ up 173 and the Russell 2000 is up 128 uh, If we go across the pond, we've got the MSCI Europe Index, which for the month is down a little bit. Uh, it's up about 2.3 for the quarter, and it's up about 12.7% uh, for the year. Uh, the EFA index, you know, just sliding all the way over to the year, it's up about 10.9. Uh, emerging markets are, are positive, although they are down about 5% for the quarter, uh, but up marginally uh, year to date. And then switching over to bonds, we've got the U.S. Barclays Aggregate Index, which is down uh, about seven-tenths of a percent year-to-date, although it's kind of been fluctuating a lot around the flat line for the last several months. High-yield bonds are still positive, almost up 5% for the year. Uh, if you go down to commodities, uh, commodities for the year are up about 30%, although they're down slightly for the quarter. And real estate investment trusts uh, are also up about 27% all uh, uh, and up about 4.4-4.3% for the year. Uh, crude prices, uh, which, um, you know, are in an interesting uh, point right now because we've had Hurricane Ida, which idled some production. I have a really good chart in our chart pack uh, for charts of the week this week that kind of illustrates what's happened with crude prices uh, and crude production. Uh, prices for crude, about 69 oh, just under $70 a barrel. Uh, they're down about 5% for the quarter, but up about 44% for the year. Uh, and, you know, if we get down to natural gas, we're almost $5 in MCF on natural gas, which is uh, an amazing almost 95% increase year to date. Uh, some of that has to do with uh, various disruptions related to the hurricane. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, they are, they are at, a, at a fever's, running at a fever's pitch right now. Uh, gold prices about $17.90, kind of traded in a channel for the year. They're down about 5 to 6%. 
uh, up slightly for the quarter. U.S. dollar uh, up about 3% for the year, uh, mostly flat for the last several months. So uh, Bitcoin, which you know is, is like watching a roller coaster at an amusement park, uh, is down 4% for the month, up 30% for the quarter, and 55% for the year. Uh, and then obviously our U.S. Treasury rates, uh, 10-year Treasury is actually up a bit. Uh, we've seen a little bit of perking up in that rate, about 1.34%. 30-year Treasury rate, uh, Treasury yield rather, is still below 2%, so it's trading about one9 So um, global growth uh, does, as I mentioned, some concerns. One thing I didn't mention was China. So we do see slowing in activity of China. Some of that has to do with the Delta variant. Uh, we are, are seeing lower manufacturing out, output uh, in China and just overall decrease in activity in China. Obviously, Delta is still in there. Uh, and I, I don't know that you know, we necessarily see a lot of this in the market, but something else, else that's been kind of discussed as, a, as an input into maybe some of this pullback last week was the anticipation of this new Fed rhetoric coming in the meeting, which is coming up here uh, in uh, you know, a little bit more than a week. Uh, small caps, interestingly enough, and I've got a really good chart in Charts of the Week on small caps, the relative valuation is, is, uh, is amazingly below uh, the overall market. Uh, so we've seen 12-month forward earnings expectations rise by like almost 60% since the start of the year, yet uh, their performance has lagged large caps by more than 10% um, over the last, eh, not quite 60 or six months. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting dynamic that we're seeing right now. I talked about crude prices um, and um you know, we've got the hurricane impact, uh, economic data that came out last week. We had producer prices that were up about, on an annualized basis, about 8.3%. Uh, and if you, you know, take away, you know, energy and food, the core producer price index was about 6.7% year over year. Uh, and uh, so, again, running running hot right now. We, we know it. We see it in the data. We know the cost inputs. But again, prices are moving a little bit higher as well um, on the back end. So we see, you know, more rhetoric coming out of the recently released uh, Fed Beige Book, which is kind of a, a survey of conditions across the Fed's, you know, various uh, branches. Um, and we are seeing a lot of conversation about, you know, higher input costs, not surprising, labor shortages, um, and supply choke points and constraints. Uh, so I think that's going to persist for a little while, particularly the supply constraints. Uh, constraints. You know, we've got uh, lots of container ships that are sitting uh, at anchor uh, outside of, you know, the, some of the largest ports in the world, like the Port of Los Angeles. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've seen a tremendous spike in, in that. So uh, that's causing costs to go up. That's adding to inflation. Uh, it's basically adding to, you know, kind of the uncertainty that we face. Uh, but I do remain, you know, optimistic towards economic growth in the equity markets, even though economic growth is probably li li very likely to slow. Uh, it's at a level still that provides some feedstock for equity growth. Uh, and um, you know, recently uh, we are 
uh, I'd say, you know, not recently, but, you know, we are seeing in other parts of the world kind of this move, the, the kind of this, these stepping stones towards normalization, like the European Central Bank recently uh, announced that it is going to slow the pace of its uh, bond purchase program. So they're, they're actually getting out in front of the Fed. And so, you know, with that, I think we're, we're taking baby steps towards normalization of, of uh, you know, monetary mark markets. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about cost pressures, ongoing supply chain constraints. We talked about, you know, China, you know, which is kind of, you know, prioritizing its nationalistic pride, I think, over perhaps some, you know, more short-term economic variables, because we see them making a lot of regulatory changes, um, in particularly in the, in the technology sector. So they're flexing their muckle, muscle, and it is kind of impacting their performance a little bit. Um, beginning to see some rhetoric uh, regarding the risk of stagflation. So uh, obviously that's... Um, you know, not something that you want. Uh, you have higher inflation and and basically stagnated growth. Uh, that's not something that you want. Not sure that we see that. I think the conventional wisdom is that price price increases that are tied to these supply constraints and choke points and things like that. Obviously, they're high now. Probably will persist uh, for some time. But I do think that it, at some point. You know, they're going to abate. And as I've said time and time again, we wind up at a higher level of inflation than we had before. You know, beginning to think that that number looks more like about two and a half percent versus kind of this 1.7 to 1.9 percent that we channel that we've been stuck in uh, uh, to date. You know, I do think, you know, like bond markets, uh, as I mentioned, the 30 year uh, Treasury yield is still below two percent. So, um it's not necessarily indicative uh, of um, you know in, uh, high inflation in the bond markets, and they generally do a better job of predicting things than the equity market does. But we have seen a pickup in five and ten year break even inflation rates, and um, you know, and, and and those break even rates have um, I, I should say that the, the the yields rather uh, on the uh, break evens. <clears throat> have moderated somewhat since April. And so, you know, essentially that's another way of saying that the implied inflation uh, from those uh, Treasury inflation-protected securities is, is, is going down. So the market's expectation for inflation is actually moderating uh, as a result. And so I do think that inflation does wind up a little bit closer to uh, 2.5%. Uh, uh, you know, o over the uh, interim period. But, you know, as it relates to, um, you know, other data, I guess, uh, you know, we've got little uh, little snippets. Uh, you know, we see some, some of the Wall Street firms taking their economic growth forecast down a little bit. Uh, let's see here, we've got Delta Airlines said U.S. corporate travel returned to about 40% of pre-pandemic levels this summer. Um, we have a lot of mergers and, ac and acquisitions activity. Uh, we've got a great chart in Charts of the Week on that. Uh, we have announced mergers and acquisitions of almost uh, $1.9 trillion uh, in the U.S. and more than about $3.6 globally in just the first eight months 
of this year. That's a, that's a tremendous boost. I mean, that, that's already ahead of last year easily, and we're only eight months into the year uh, data-wise. Uh, but um, let's see. we got retail sales that we're going to be watching. Makes up about 30% of, uh, of, of the economy. And we're going to be watching for signs uh, that, uh, you know, can give us, you know, maybe, you know, some additional comfort. Now, obviously, we've got a service sector that's picking up as, you know, uh, you know they were the most impacted sectors, sector, um, I should say, you know, in the shutdown. And so we're still seeing a lot of recovery there and still need, frankly, to see a lot more recovery there. So, um, you know, we still need to replenish inventories, which... Uh, surprisingly have been up a little bit lately despite the supply constraints, but uh, overall, you know, inventory um, uh, rebuild has been fairly slow and it's actually been a drag on the economic growth. But as we see inventories rebuild, you know, we continue to see home building uh, and the recovery in the service sector, you know, including like travel and leisure, hospitality, you know, those things. Um, you know, that, that will definitely uh, help us. So, you know, what we do have going for us is a lot of easy liquidity, which, you know, no matter what the Fed says, I mean, we're going to have easy money for quite some time. Uh, and it's hard to not be at least a tad bit bullish on things. But we know that, uh, that uh, the economy will slow, um, not go negative, but will slow. Uh, and, and, and we think that'll be tied to you know, some slowing in overall corporate profit growth, which is not a terrible thing, but profit growth has been outstanding lately. Uh, and again, it's the law of large numbers. It will, you know, eventually catch up with you, but that's not a bad thing. Uh, and I, I do think the higher inflation will, you know, I think temper some growth in the equity market. But again, it's it's inflation that's tied towards an expansion of, of economic growth. Basically, uh, it's tied to an economic expansion. So that, in my view, is not necessarily a threat, uh, but actually can, can actually help uh, the market. And I do think as a result of those two things, uh, you will see uh, some uh, increase in uh, interest rates, uh, which will benefit savers. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I, I do think while you have some puts and takes that we frankly have had for a while, you know, some uh, equity market valuation concerns, uh, overall, there's still room for profit growth. Um, there's probably more room on balance for equities to grow than for, uh, for bonds, particularly long-term maturity bonds. Uh, but, uh, you know, the backdrop is not bad right now. And I think uh, again, as we begin to see the kind of the cresting of this latest uh, coronavirus wave, uh, especially now as we were heading into kind of this long stretch towards the holiday shopping season, you know, if we do see this Delta wave abate somewhat, uh, regardless of what sits in its aftermath, I think could set a, a, a good, um, you know, a, a good you know, maybe a lever for uh, growth to perhaps be a little bit better than expected in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, while we do see the third quarter being a little bit softer, you know, it is entirely possible that we can have a slightly better fourth quarter, especially if we're able to replenish inventories and if consumer uh, behavior uh, is a little bit better, if people are able to get out a little bit more, 
uh, and don't have some of these coronavirus concerns. But, you know, there's still some uh, some rather uh, large ifs uh, in that. Uh, so we'll have to continue to watch the uh, the infection rates and so on and so forth. That's going to lead to changes in sentiment, which, you know, again, will be the tectonic uh, lever. And as I mentioned, retail sales make up about 30% of the economy. So uh, that type of sentiment will be really critical to how we end this year. So uh, we'll be watching it. I think this is all I've got for this week. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed uh, these uh, comments and, and uh, this webcast on behalf of the entire BKA Wealth uh, team. Uh, hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Goodbye.